so much for filling this room this morning, for giving us your Holy Spirit to be with us. God, we just invite you into this service. We invite you into our lives, God. because of you, God. So, Lord, we just want to enter your presence. I pray that that would be the nature of our heart and help us, Lord, to look to you in this service. In your son's name, amen. Well, welcome so much. We're so glad to hear you, see you here this morning. Um, got a couple announcements I want to hit. Uh, the first is this Wednesday, we will be having our midweek midweek here at Southwoods, and it's going to be really good, you know, just great time for the whole family to get together and just grow in our walks with Christ so that ultimately, you know, we can be the hands and feet and the light, light of the world. And the next announcement I have, announcement I have is we have a church-wide, a church-wide, that's you, that's everybody, a church-wide initiative starting not tomorrow, but next Monday, next Monday, and it is to read through the whole New Testament together as a church. And when I say together, I mean together, okay? And so how are we going to do that together? You know, we're not all going to be in the exact same room at once. Technology's pretty cool, okay? So you're going to see these around um, the church, and they have a QR code on them, and you can see it on the slide as well. Uh, you'll see these around the church, and if you know how to scan that QR code to get you plugged in so that we can do it together, then go ahead and do that. Get joined in that way. But if you're like, oh, I don't know how to get, I don't know how to do that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because you're going to get an email. You're going to get an email and it's going to have all the instructions on how for you to get joined in so that we can read through this New Testament together starting next Monday. It's going to be really good. I mean, I know you know that, but you have to do it, right? You got to get plugged in. So be looking for those and be looking for that email. And the last announcement is just the different ways you can give here at Southwoods. Uh, we got three of them, nice and simple. Love this graphic. You're very familiar with it, but continue to um, go to God with that, really, you know, and uh, that's between you and him, and continue, we just appreciate your faithfulness and the many, many ways that God uh, uses it and makes it work. So let's continue to worship him this morning.
does that today, I pray that uh, with that energy you would turn and greet one another and say hi this morning. Christ be magnified for the altar of my 
stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, then I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in the sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me prayer this morning, not just this morning, our whole lives, God, that you would be magnified and glorified in the way that we live, that we would just be a reflection of you. God, we were made to worship you. That's the way you designed us. So I just pray this morning that we wouldn't give our attention over to anything else beyond you. We won't bow to any idols. And Lord, I know that we have some of those in our lives where we, we devote more time and care and thought towards those things. And God, we just, we lay those down before you and say, you are the only thing deserving of our praise. Help us to have that heart, Lord. And we lift this up in your son's name, amen. So we have one more song we're going to sing, and then we're going to head into a time of communion. And uh, man, this next song, is, it's perfect for communion because it really covers both bases. Um, you know, we, when we take the bread and the cup, which resembles his body and his blood, you know, I often, we think of the cross and the love he poured out for us, literally just... Um, that allows us, we were singing this morning, to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's because of, that's because Jesus intervened. And, and I want you to think of that. I really, really do. I want you, to, like we've talked about, to come before him with all of our sins so that then 
you can be in relationship with him. But the song also goes in the bridge and says that, you know, he was raised to life. And that's, I think, the most exciting part because that's the newness that we get every single day. And his graciousness just never ends. He just keeps pouring it out. And it's both ends of the spectrum. So um, I pray that you would reflect on both of those in this time of communion. And hopefully this song helps you with that. So let's sing this together and then you can take communion. Jesus Christ, oh. 
bear your cross as you wait for the crown tell the world of the treasure you found you may have a seat Well, good morning, and welcome back to Southwoods. Already, haven't you been blessed by our worship team? Thank you, Wesley, and all of you this morning for leading us. Yeah, for sure. Every single week, they do such an excellent job leading us, and we are so grateful and uh, so blessed, really. So good to see you guys this morning. Welcome. I'm here teaching again uh, because last week, as you know, Pastor Greg and uh, several from Southwoods were in uh, Mexico serving along the border. We so appreciate your prayers for them. They're back, but we do appreciate, again, just your ongoing prayers for this wonderful week of ministry they had and for the lives that they were able to touch. And I'm here again today, continuing with this little mini-series, if you will, that we started last week, which is all about this idea of praying circles around the new year, because we have come full circle. It's January. It's a new year. And we want to be praying circles around 2022. If you were here last week, we started this series, and I'll uh, refer you to our website if you want to go back and listen to that message to catch up. But I'll just tell you what we talked about last week was the legend of Honey, Honey the Circle Maker. And I read that story to you that comes right out of a book that transformed my life, revolutionized the way that I pray back in 2010, I think is when I read it. The book is called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And I read to you last week the story, the legend of the circle maker, and we talked a little bit about his prayer and the difference that that has made in so many lives. We also went to Joshua chapter 6, 
and we marched around Jericho with the very first circle makers of the Bible who seven times right round and round went around Jericho. Kind of a crazy plan that God had, but it worked, and he gave them the victory. And then also I shared with you a little bit about my recent prayer circle journey of me marching around my yard uh, seven times a day for 10 weeks and just pouring out my heart to the Lord in praise and in repentance and in a lot of asking and a lot of yielding. And remember I told you that each one of those letters stands for the letters in the word pray. And it helped me so much. And through the years, I've used that model as well as the idea of circling. And I also gave you the challenge last week to consider taking this challenge of becoming a circle maker in regard to your prayer life. And I was so pleased that so many of you like emailed me or texted me or even called me or saw me and said, hey, Lori, I am really considering taking you up on this challenge. Several of you said, I remember reading that book 10, 11, 12 years ago. And I actually did that kind of prayer in my life. And they remembered. And they started telling me stories. I prayed for a job. And some of you circled with me. And I, I got this job. Some, some of you said, I prayed for a baby. We'd, we'd not been able to have a child. And some of you circled with me. And I was able to have a baby. Others of you prayed all kinds of things. And it was just fun this week to hear some of your stories again. And I so appreciate that. And it makes me excited to see what God might continue to do as we yield our lives to him and as we pray circles around the things that we really need help with. And that's great news, and I hope that some of you are still considering. But I know that some of you might be going, I don't know about that, Lori. I don't know if I really can do that. I don't know if I can regularly bring my concerns to the Lord. I don't know. Can I really trust that he hears? Is he really hearing me? And can I really believe that he will answer? And can I accept the answer that he brings? I mean, these are some of the real questions that I've wrestled with about prayer, and I know that you have too. And I know that there have been times in our lives when we've needed peace, we've needed assurance, we've needed comfort, we've needed hope. There have been times when we've faced very tough situations very, very tough situations. There have been times when we've faced very difficult decisions, dilemmas, like what should I do? There have been times in my life that I have felt completely underqualified and completely overwhelmed by the details of life. And I imagine some of you have felt that same way. I think the past two years <laughs> with a pandemic, a global pandemic, Every one of us has had those sorts of feelings at one point or another in the past two years. And that's why I like what Mark Batterson in this book that I read a few years ago in The Circle Maker, he says, you know, it's in these moments, these kinds of moments, that we might be exactly where God wants us to be. Those are kind of hard words to read. These moments force us to pray like everything depends on God, and really everything always depends on God. But it's in those moments, isn't it, that we realize actually everything depends on God. These moments, Mark says, they drive us to our knees. And in times like these, we move to a place of raw dependence on God, which is the raw material out of which God performs his greatest miracles it really is in these moments when we have these big problems, these big dilemmas, these tough choices, these difficult things in our life that all of us have been there and we decide to finally get on our knees and uh, offer a really big prayer. Have you been there? Have you ever offered a really, really big prayer? You know, after our message last week, I just kind of dug into scripture again and I thought I just want to see how is it that Jesus prayed when he was here on earth? We know the Lord's Prayer and that he taught us to pray. And we know that he regularly prayed. But I started digging into scripture and I started seeing ways that he did pray. And it was really fascinating for me. For example, one of the first ones that I looked at is in Mark chapter 6. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like to. Mark, the gospel writer of Mark chapter 6, looking at verse 32. It says that day Jesus and the disciples left by boat, which was their choice always, I think, of transportation. They left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. I think they wanted to have a day off. But many people recognized them. 
and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. And Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. I always pause here because I think if that had been me, this is why I know I'm not Jesus. I'm trying more and more to be like Jesus. But if it would have been a day off, and you get to the other side of the boat and you see all the people, would your first impression as our Lord's to have compassion? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would have thought, ugh, they're here. I thought we were going to have a time alone with my friends and my family. But our Lord, he had compassion on them. And then he began teaching them many things. Verse 35, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and he said, Lord, this is a remote place. And it's already getting late. You should send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and the villages. They can get something to eat. <laughs> Jesus said, you feed them. Big request. With what? They asked. We would have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked. Go. Find out. They came back, I think, pretty quickly, and they reported, we have five loaves and two fish. Probably not very much, right, Lord? And then Jesus told the disciples, have the people sit down in groups of, uh, on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. And then look what Jesus did. He took this little amount of stuff that they had found, these five loaves and two fish. He looked up toward heaven, and he offered this prayer. It just says, he blessed them. And then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples, each one of them, 12 disciples, picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. And it says this, Mark adds, a total of 5,000 men and their families were all fed that day. Now, I've fed a lot of people. I'm looking at Carl. Carl down here, our chef. You've fed a lot of people, many, many large groups of people, but ever with five loaves and two fishes? <laughs> Probably not. And yet we he see here our amazing Lord, and what an amazing experience for the disciples to be there that day, to say, Lord, here's all we found. Five loaves, two fish, and the Lord raises it and blesses it, and what a multiplication that happens that day. A very big blessing. The Lord did this regularly. Another time, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 11. Also a very familiar passage of scripture. You know it and you love it. Jesus comes to the tomb of his very, very good friend Lazarus. Sisters Martha and Mary are already there. And verse 38 says, Jesus arrived at the tomb which was a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Jesus said, roll the stone aside. But Martha, ever conscious of details, she said, the, 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 she protested, it says, the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, Martha, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you would believe? So they did. They rolled the stone aside. And then Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, Thank you for hearing me. He went on, he said, you always hear me. <laughs> but I say it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so they will believe that you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man did come out. And his hands and feet were bound in grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go. This is a big moment in scripture. It was a moment, actually, it was a turning point in the ministry and the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus offered this big prayer. And he says, I thank you, God, that you hear me that you're listening, that you're paying attention. And then he raised his friend Lazarus, a dead man, four days dead, from the tomb. And so this morning, I want to offer you a few final challenges as we continue to think about what it means to be a circle maker. And one of those is, I'd love to invite you to have big prayers. 
I'd love to invite you to offer big circle kind of prayers. And I know sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. But it's been said, the bigger the circle, the better. Because then God really gets the glory. Again, when we come to those moments, rock bottom, when it all depends on God and there's nothing else that can be done, and we pray a big prayer and a big circle, and we talk to others about it, God has the opportunity to get so much glory. And you know, as we read the Bible, we expect these big miracles, don't we? We expect the feeding of the 5,000. We expect blind men to be healed. We expect you know, the, the lame to walk. We expect the dead to rise. We read it in the scripture. And for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we maybe just kind of go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But do you know that today Jesus can give you a friend? I mean, maybe in 2022, that's your prayer circle. I need a friend, a good friend, a good godly friend who will walk with me, who will pray with me, who will challenge me, who will help me. He can do that. Did you know that if your marriage is kind of rocky or just needs a little help, God can fix it? Maybe that's your circle prayer for 2022. Lord, just help us with our marriage. We're going to circle that together. We're going to ask others, and we just need help. Maybe today you might say, you know, I could use a new job, a different job, a job that brings me more joy and provides for me more. I'd like my family to grow, both physically and emotionally and spiritually. Maybe you're saying, I need the Lord to heal my body, to give me health and vitality. And I want to tell you that those things are all true. The Lord can give you strength for today, and he can give you hope for tomorrow, even in the midst of these difficult times that we are in. He can take care of whatever it is that you bring to him, even those big things. Why? Because he's infinitely bigger. (laughs) He's so much bigger than our biggest problems. He's so much bigger than our biggest dreams. Like we said last week, we looked at this passage of scripture, and I wanted us to just look at it one more time again this week. 1 John 5, 14, John writes, And this is the confidence Or we could say this is the boldness, as we talked about last week. This is the assurance that we can have that in approaching our God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears it. He's listening, as Psalm 66 says. He's paying attention. He is not ignoring you. He is there. And so challenge number one for 2022 is to offer a big prayer. Pray big. In addition to praying big, another thing I saw is that our Lord often prayed hard, praying hard. And I know what you're thinking, hard, that sounds hard. And you know what, hard is hard. (laughs) Big is big and hard is hard. But one of the most motivational stories, and I've shared this with you over the years, you've maybe heard it before, uh, that I've ever heard when it comes to this idea of praying hard is the true story of Elizabeth J. Dabney. The story says that in 1925, she and her husband, a pastor, went to work for a mission in Philadelphia, the city of love, brotherly love, but their uh, area of that city was not filled with much love. In fact, it was kind of evil, it was dangerous, it wasn't a good part of town. And the story says that one afternoon as she was thinking about the horrible situation in her neighborhood, she made a covenant with God, a promise, an agreement, And you can read about it in her book. It's called How to Pray Through. Praying through is the same idea of praying hard. And she writes, she says, The next morning, I went down to the river (laughs) to discuss my agreement with God. She said, I said, Lord, if you will bless my husband and I in the place that you sent us, this place that you want us to establish your name, Lord, if you will break the bonds and destroy the evil in this place, if you'll give us a church and a congregation, a credit to your name, much like this church, then, Lord, I'll walk with you for three years in prayer, both day and night. I'll meet you every morning at 9 a.m. sharp. You will never have to wait on me, Lord. I'll be there to greet you. I'll stay there all day if necessary. I will devote all of my time to you. Furthermore, Lord, if you will listen to my voice of supplication, 
if you will break through in this wicked neighborhood and you will bless my husband as he preaches, I will fast 72 hours each week for two years. And while I am growing through that fast and going through that fast, I may not even go home. I may not sleep in my bed. I might just stay at the church. And if I get sleepy, I'll just rest here on these newspapers, on this little carpet here. <laughs> Can you see the passion of this young pastor's wife in 1925? She says in her book, as soon as I made that promise, it was like the cloudbursts of God's favor just began to fall from heaven, much like that prayer of Honey, Lord, send the rain. And they say about her that every morning at 9 a.m., Mother Dabney, as the church began to call her, greeted the Lord with a hearty, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Lord. It's said that she wore the skin off of her numb knees, but that God extended his powerful right arm in their church. It is said that she fasted 72 hours each week for several years, but they said the Holy Spirit was her direct supply. She writes, she says, soon the church was, was too small. The church building was too small for all of the people of the church who were coming. The church continued to grow. Her husband began to preach. And best of all, she said, lives were changed. That evil community became a loving, wonderful expression of who Jesus is in our lives. What an amazing story of a person who was willing to pray hard. And you know, I was thinking about Jesus. And of course we know, again, not only did he pray big prayers that fed 5,000 people in one day and more, not only did he raise people from the dead, but he also prayed hard prayers while he was here on earth. One of the hardest prayers, I think, for him to pray is in Luke 22. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Luke 22, or you can follow along on the screen. The context of this is just after the Last Supper. This is the final week of Christ. The disciples have gathered in the upper room to have the Last Supper together. And now he heads, as usual, the Bible tells us, to the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane, where he prayed. We pick it up in verse 39 of chapter 22. It says, then Jesus left the upstairs room and he went as usual to the Mount of Olives and there he told his disciples, big prayer here, he says, pray that you will not give in to temptation. I think the Lord is telling them this is a big time, this is a hard time. Pray that you will not give in to temptation. Verse 41, then he walked away about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed. And he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet not my will. I want yours to be done. The Bible says that the Lord sent an angel from heaven. He appeared and he strengthened him. And the Lord prayed even more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And at last he stood up and he returned to his disciples, to his best friends, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up, get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. It's a hard passage to read, isn't it? As we see how very, very hard our Lord who came to fulfill a plan that had been set in motion from the beginning of time, really. And in this moment, he's asking the Lord, is there any other way that this cup of suffering could pass from me? Yet not my will, Lord. I want yours to be done. So difficult to read and yet so encouraging to know that when you are praying hard prayers, Jesus knows what it's like to pray a hard prayer. He knows to even have friends nearby who, you know, don't really get it and who are falling asleep. And he knows what it means to not really get the answer to the prayer, but to yield and to trust that God's plan is best. 
Jesus teaches us to pray hard. And he reminds us that as circle makers in 2022, our prayers need to be big, but sometimes the praying is going to be hard, but we need to do it. And finally today, friends, I want to share with you our last challenge, and that is not only do we need to pray big and to pray hard, but we have to pray long. <laughs> if praying big is big and hard is hard, praying long is long. I recently heard this story about a guy who was talking to God, and he said, God, I just have a question for you. Uh, for you, Lord, how long is, is a million years? And God said, well, you know, I'm God. And so like a million years, that's just like a teeny tiny little second, right? Because for God, you know, a million years, not much time. Then the man said to God, well, then how about like a million bucks? How much is a million bucks to you? And God said, well, a million bucks is just like, it's like a little penny. And this guy got kind of clever, kind of clever. And he said, okay, God, can you spare a penny? God said, sure. Give me a second. <laughs> it's a long wait, right, for a penny. But as circle makers, we know that sometimes we pray, like I said last week, repetitive prayers again and again. We refine them as the circumstances change, and we just keep praying. We keep praying. We keep praying. And when I encourage you today to pray long, I'm not saying ask, add a bunch of words to your prayer. In fact, last week we looked at what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, don't babble, right? Don't babble on and on like the, the pagans do. They just babble on, and their many words don't really make a difference. He said, your heavenly Father already knows what you mean. But instead of just praying many, many words, praying long means to pray beyond yourself. It means to look beyond your own needs and to look to others as well. It means not to pray necessarily in terms of time, but to pray in terms of eternity. Instead of praying just about ourselves, maybe we need to make sure that our prayers are including others, like our children, our grandchildren, our great, 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 great grandchildren. It's been said that to be one who prays long is to have the foresight of a farmer. You know farmers, right? It's the mindset of the sower. It's the patience of the planter, the person who plants and then waits for the Lord to water, for the Lord to bring sunshine, for the Lord to bring the harvest. And this is hard for us because we live in a world where everything happens so fast anymore. I mean, I'm just amazed at how quickly things happen and how much and quickly we can communicate with one another these days all around the world. And so sometimes it feels like, oh, I don't know. Can I really wait that long? But when you offer a prayer, you need to know that you are offering a prayer as a planter, and you are offering that prayer to grow in the fertile soil, the fertile soil of God's heart. Your prayers are growing. They are and will reap a harvest in time. I read the story about this Swedish island. You may have heard this before, too. That there was this, on this Swedish island, a mysterious uh, forest of oak trees. And it's mysterious because these oak trees, oak trees don't grow on this island. And a lot of people would say, where do these come from? This is not indigenous to our land. How did all of these oak trees grow on this particular island. And for more than 100 years, people were trying to figure out the origin of these trees. And then in 1980, according to the story, the Swedish Navy received a letter. And it said from the Forestry Department saying, uh, your requested lumber is ready. We'll ship it. And the Navy, they all looked at each other and they're like, who ordered the lumber? I didn't order the lumber. They didn't know where this requisition for lumber came. And they started digging into it. After a little historical research, it was discovered that in 1829, in 1829, the Swedish parliament recognized that it takes oak trees 150 years to mature. And they were anticipating a shortage of lumber around the turn of the 21st century. And so someone had the foresight to look long, way long, 150 years into the future and say, 
I'm planting 20,000 trees, 20,000 oak trees on this island. And those trees had been protected, not even known why, <laughs> by the Navy for all of those years. Now that's a story that makes me think about thinking ahead. That's a story that makes me think about praying long and praying beyond my own needs, beyond my own walls, beyond my own self. And today, I wish we had time, I love to do this, to ask you, how about you? Did anybody pray for you? <laughs> and I love to hear the stories. They just start tumbling out of your memories. Oh yeah, you know, my grandma. She always prayed for me, or my mom, or I had this kind of crazy uncle. He, every time we'd see him, he'd, he'd like pull me aside, he'd pray for me. And then he'd send me notes and say, I'm praying for you. Or when I was in college, there were these ladies from a small group, ladies in the Bible study room, who said, I'm praying for you. And they were. I'd love to hear the stories. And it might be a good day today to just think, who did pray for me? Were there people, and I bet that there were, an aunt, an uncle, a parent, a grandparent. And it's a good day to thank them, you know, for their foresight, their patience, <laughs> to continue praying for you, even maybe when you weren't, you know, listening. It's been said that when someone prays long for you, it's an inheritance. It's an inheritance to receive. And when you pray long for someone, it's a legacy. It's a legacy that you're leaving your friends, your family, your children, your church. Just this week, I was reading on Facebook a story of the pastor that Greg and I served with uh, for the first five years of our ministry in Indianapolis. He's a fantastic pastor. He's won so many people to the Lord, I can't even tell you how many. He's mentored so many young pastors, including your pastor, Greg. And he was writing on Facebook a little bit of his memoirs, and I was reading, and he had first entered into medical school very smart guy. He was well into medical school when one day he was sitting in the parking lot of the hospital ready to go in to the hospital and he said, the Lord, not in an audible voice, but the Lord spoke to me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> Medicine is good, but you are to be a preacher. And he said, I had this overwhelming sense and this overwhelming calling that God wanted me to be a preacher. And so he said, I did. I left all of that work and all that money that I'd spent preparing to be a doctor, and he would have been a fine doctor. And he went to Bible college, and he became a minister. And he said, it wasn't until then that one day I had a conversation with my dear sweet mother, who was very quiet, and she said, you know, John, every day I've prayed that you would be a preacher. She had been praying long, and I have been the recipient of his ministry and those prayers. It's a legacy. I'm so glad that our Lord, not only did he pray big, not only did he pray hard, but the Bible teaches us that he also prayed long. I love this passage of scripture, John chapter 17. Turn there if you'd like, or look at it later today. John 17, look at what he says. I am praying not only for these disciples, these 12 that he'd been given, or maybe the 120, the larger group that we know was following him. Not just for these disciples, I am my praying, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Guess what, friends? That's you. That's me because we have believed in the message because the disciples heard the message and they did go, as the Great Commission says, into all the world and they did preach the gospel and the Bibles were written and the stories were told and the Lord has protected them and the mission and the work of the church has continued on because of those early followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I pray that they will all be one every one of them, just as you and I are one, and that the world will believe that you sent me. And I'm so grateful that in that day, Jesus didn't just pray for the 12. He didn't just pray for the, the church that he knew of at that moment, but that he prayed long. I pray long for 2,000 or more years into eternity that many will believe because of their message. 
Because that prayer of our Lord, as I said, reaches us even to this day. And so, friends, this morning, as we wrap up our time together, I hope that you'll remember the things that we talked about last week. The prayer of Honi and the circle-making Jews who marched around Jericho and received the victory when the walls came tumbling down. I hope today that you'll remember that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ offered many, many prayers here. And we could go on and talk about additional things. But at their basis, they were big prayers. They were hard prayers. He knows what it means to pray hard. And they were long prayers. Prayers that maybe he didn't even see the answer to until years and years and years gone by. And so this morning, as we come full circle into another year, into January 2022, I hope and pray that you'll consider, you know, reviving your prayer life, that we have a God, as we sung about here this morning, who is listening, who is hearing, who is inviting you to invite him into your life, into the details of it. Messy, yes. Concerning, yes. Hard, yes but he longs to be a part of our lives. And that's my desire for us this year, that we as a church will continue to be a church that prays, prays big and prays hard and prays long. Let's stand together this morning. And as we pray together and dismiss, I want to remind you that we are meeting on Wednesday night. Hope that you'll come 6.30 for worship and for a word and for a time of connection and just a good time together. We do so appreciate uh, all that you're doing in our community, and we look forward to just being together again on Wednesday night. Thanks again for coming this morning. And again, we just consider you your church family and look so much forward to all that God is going to continue to do in the year ahead. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we pray so much and thank you for this morning and just for the opportunity to be here in this beautiful place. I thank you for the worship that we've been able to give to you that you have received our worship. We thank you for the opportunity to open our Bibles, to uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper, for the opportunity to encourage one another and to remind one another that though life can be difficult, you are here, you are listening, that you are working in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place, you'll meet us, that you'll help us to know that we can talk to you, that we can bring our anxieties, our concern our depressions, our problems. We can bring everything to you and that you long to be involved in our lives. We're so grateful for Jesus and for the example that he sets in Scripture that he shows us how to pray. He didn't just teach us how to pray, but that he shows us how to pray. I'm so grateful for that, Lord, and I pray that his life and ministry will just continue to work in us and through us. Thanks again for this church family and for the needs that are among us. We bring them to you. We claim your promises. We claim your presence. We claim your power over all of us. May you go with us as we leave this place. And may we be examples of you everywhere that we go for your glory and for the good of others. And we pray all of these things in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said with me, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, be sure to come forward. There's several of us that would love to pray for you.